1: And without further ado, let's begin. So as a bit of a warning for you guys, this is going to be a very long one. I'll try to be as concise and organized as possible, but this is my third draft now trying to tell this story as neatly as possible. There has been so many different events, and there's lots of details to comb through. But the reason that I'm sharing this is to, well, share my experience. But I guess also to possibly seek advice. This has reached a bit of a breaking point that has left me scared and ready to possibly seek help. Be it a spiritual medium, an exorcist, or maybe even a psychologist. Whatever the case... I believe that something is harassing myself, my girlfriend, my house, my family, and very importantly, my children. I don't think that this is a a passive being, and every time something new happens, I believe more and more that this is possibly dangerous. But before I get ahead of myself, to give some backstory, I'm 26 and my girlfriend is 22, Her name is B, and B and I have been friends for many years but we've only been dating for a little over a year now. I have children from a previously failed marriage. They visit on the weekends. After the divorce I moved in with my parents to sort of restart and get back on my feet. I no longer live there obviously but I found this information relevant as it is where most of the story takes place. I often travel for my job and this is also relevant but not until much later in the story. So, to be frank, B, she sees things. She also hears things and she has described many horrifying visions and sounds and I knew that she had experienced this and while I have also had my own experiences, I've never experienced anything like what she describes. I have never judged her for what she describes and I've always kept an open mind. I do believe in the paranormal but... I also believe in people needing psychiatric help from time to time too. I've always thought that B's experiences are one or the other as well, but as for which one, it's always been pretty irrelevant to me to be honest. I mean, I'm here for her and when the time comes that things reach a boiling point, I'm going to continue to be there for her too. It did not take long after we started dating for me to also share some of her experiences. They started off very simple, if that's the right word, and sort of easy to brush off. Not feeling right in certain parts of the house was pretty common. Feeling watched, seeing a shadow in sort of the peripheral of my vision. These are the kinds of things that we naturally write off as tricks of the imagination, just stress or what have you, even though we had both seen it at the same time. She says that the things that she usually sees are not of great detail, If she was to observe them, she would never be able to make out the details, nor make sense of the words that she hears. There's no facial details, clothing, anything of that nature. I don't know if this just means that they're pure black, or if they're more of a blur or something. I'm not too sure, but she says that there are two exceptions, though. Two things that she has seen repeatedly throughout her life. And they are the only two things that she's ever been able to make details out of. She refers to them as the tub man and the nose guy. I believe it's best not to give them names but this is what she calls them. The tub man she has seen in several houses, her childhood home, a friend's house and others. She describes him as sort of being skinny and lanky and wearing red shoes She's never seen his top half too well or his face because whenever she sees him, he's already halfway in the tub. That's it. She'll see him crawling from the floor into the tub as if he was a spider or something. And she always catches those red shoes of his too. I want to say that she said that he's in normal clothes, but I can't say that for certain. The shoes though are what stand out the most. The Nose Man on the other hand... She is only seen in her childhood home, and he's not so much a man as he is just a, well, a nose. I know, I know, it sounds silly, like some sort of a Cronenberg monster, a giant fleshy nose man that just looks at her and watches her, if he even has eyes. I'm not sure, but now, I know that this may not seem that relevant, but trust me, I've tried to leave out any details that I find irrelevant. And now, I'm going to delve into our experiences together. So, when you enter my parents' house, there's this living room sort of immediately in front. The kitchen to your left, through the pathway with the pantry and the garage door and stairs to your right. So left, kitchen, front, living room, right, stairs. Stairs going up and stairs going down. Upstairs is my sister's room and my parents' room, and downstairs is another sort of small living space, I guess, a bathroom, and also what became mine and B's room. I'm going to mostly skip over all of the smaller experiences of us not feeling right in that smaller living space downstairs, but to be brief, until we had moved in, it had went mostly unused, and shortly after we had moved in, I had realized that I really didn't like one particular corner of this room, and neither did Bea. But there were a lot of times where we would find the lights on in closets downstairs when nobody was home or in the middle of the night too. Sometimes when we would pass by to go to the bathroom, we would feel like something was rushing at us. But the first real experience for both of us that I can remember anyway that really had us freaked out was while she was using the bathroom. So, I was in the bedroom, which is directly next to the bathroom, lying in bed on my phone. It was about midday, I would guess, and she had come back into the bedroom and asked what I wanted. I wasn't sure what she meant by that and had asked her to explain. And she had said that I was knocking on the bathroom door and was also asking to come in. She had said that it was locked and that she had asked me to wait. I had assured her that it was definitely not me and that... I would have heard someone knocking at the door. She seemed a little bit frazzled by that and had assured me that it was definitely my voice. Jumped to us both showering one day and we had wrapped up and gotten dressed in the bathroom. She went to leave and said something is holding the door shut. I was obviously in disbelief so I came over and turned the handle firmly but slowly and opened the door. It barely had cracked open, too, before, and I swear on my life, the handle very firmly twisted the other way in my hand and then pulled shut. I immediately swung the door open and rushed out of the bathroom to confront whoever this was, but of course, there was nobody there. This is almost a year ago now, but if I'm trying to keep a sort of chronological order, I believe this is what happened next. I was off at work and she was still in bed. She had heard my computer chair creaking multiple times. She felt like somebody was in the room and had pulled the blanket up over her head a bit and taken a peek. And She later described to me that a pale and gaunt woman was sitting in my chair, just smiling, smiling and staring at her. I don't remember if she said that there was something unnatural about her smile, but... I believe it. it seemed like a, a large smile from memory, but she also had eyes, not blank, not black. I don't recall what color her eyes were, as I'm colorblind and that detail didn't stick out with me, but my ears work and my eyes don't. Regardless though, I don't remember, though if I recall correctly, her hair was not black and it was a lighter color such as blonde or soft brown or something, Long and sort of wispy. I wish that I had asked more about this woman to be honest. Such as what was she wearing or any descriptive features. But B she seemed very stressed out by this particular incident. So I didn't push for any more details. The reason this stressed her out so bad though was because she could actually see this woman. It wasn't like the other times. She was more like nose guy in Tubman. She could see every detail of her. But at this, she just turned back over, pretended to sleep, and waited for me to get home. But when I got into the room, I didn't see her. Before COVID had gotten too bad, and us being ignorant of how bad it was going to be, we had taken a trip to Michigan at some point. It was the whole family too, except for my sister. She had stayed behind and watched the house for us and fed the animals and stuff, We must have been gone for a week and B and I had gotten home the following weekend before my parents. It was already late at night. We were unpacking the car and she had ran inside. I kept unpacking but was suddenly overwhelmed with this really sickening feeling of being watched. It was worse than any other time before. And for some reason I sort of kept looking to the side to the house that led around to the back of the house. I eventually grabbed some luggage though and then just sort of rushed inside. I had gotten inside and closed the front door. Immediately my attention was drawn to the window in the back. I couldn't see anything there but it just felt like something was looking right back at me. But just out of sight in the darkness and then I noticed to my right one of our cats was also sitting and just staring at the window. I tried snapping my fingers and saying her name. She didn't even flick her little ears though, she just kept staring. B had come back upstairs and we went outside to grab some more luggage. I had mentioned to her that I felt like I was being watched. I hadn't mentioned the window, but then she immediately jumped in and said that she felt like someone was watching her from the back window. Oh, we hurriedly got everything inside and talked to my sister. We asked her how the week was, and she said everything was fine. We noticed that she was in her room, and while that makes perfect sense for any teenage girl to be sitting in her room, it just wasn't like her. You see, she always sits in the living room, surrounded by all the animals, and watches YouTube videos on the TV. So we asked her if anything seemed strange while we were gone, but we were very vague about any details. And she too had filled in the blanks, even pointing out that, even pointing to the same window. She said that she hadn't left her room any more than she possibly had to in the first few days because suddenly she felt like she was being watched from that window. We eventually grabbed flashlights and investigated the backyard, obviously to no avail, so we moved on. The next event seems strange to note, but... Just like everything else, bear with me, there's a reason that I'm taking a note of it. So, while I was staying with my parents, I unfortunately didn't have a bed for both of the children. They both slept on the same bed. Really, it was sort of a pull-out mattress from the sofa, in the downstairs living space. And yeah, it's not an amazing setup by any means, but I was trying to do what I could to just see my girls. I would set them up at night in that bed and give them each one of their favorite stuffed animals and I'd let them watch TV with almost no volume just to help them fall asleep and stuff. I'm aware that I really shouldn't let them have the TV on when they're sleeping but I sympathize with the idea of being scared of the dark. As an adult I still sleep with the TV on in fact or rather at least some noise like a fan or music or some kind of light. I really don't like dark on top of pure silence. Anyway, maybe I'm a scaredy-cat, but the point is is that I let the girls keep the TV on. Okay, so my youngest daughter is known to get up and seek out an adult. For no real reason other than probably comfort, I would guess. She doesn't come crying or scared or anything of that nature. She just kind of gets up, finds an adult, and is like, hey, can I hang out here too? <laughs> I know, it's a bit weird, but not in so many words or anything. To which, you usually just have to tell her that it's bedtime and to go lay down, sweetie. She'll go right back to bed, no problems. It's just something she's always done. So one night, we had noticed that more than usual, she just didn't seem to want to stay in her bed. Usually, she'll just knock on the door and I'll send her back to bed. This happened a couple of times, but the only time that she would go upstairs was if she heard someone else such as my dad. So... On this night, with her continuing to get out of bed, we wanted to know if there was a particular reason. So we had our lights off and we had cracked the door. We were keeping an eye on her and after a short period, we saw her get up again like normal. We didn't hear anything or see anything that would have made her get up and check if someone was there. But she walked over to the bottom of the stairs and just stared up the stairs. And she stared for a really uncomfortable amount of time too. We watched her, unsure what to do next. Obviously we knew that we needed to put her back down. But I think that we were just curious if she was going to, you know, turn around and knock on the door again or go lie back down herself. Now there is, and I need to stress this, almost no lights upstairs. I mean, you can't really see anything. Everyone is asleep at this point. There's not a single sound. The only glow of light is not from the middle floor, but the upstairs hallway. But she starts climbing the stairs. It's a short set of stairs, mind you, but she's climbing it. She reaches the top and B and I slowly open the door and come out. As quietly as we possibly could, we climb the stairs after her. She had went through the small passageway in between the pantry and the garage into the kitchen... And she's just standing there, in the dark. We can barely see her, but she's definitely standing in the middle of the kitchen and staring into the blackness towards the corner of the kitchen by the window above the sink. Take note, too, that this is that same window above the sink. After an uncomfortable amount of time, we say her name and she bolts a bit, turns around, says hi, and comes up and gives me a hug. Well... We asked her if something's wrong and what she was doing. She quite literally shrugs her little shoulders, points to the kitchen window area, and then puts her head on me. So, we take her downstairs, put her to bed, and we don't really sleep right away until that uneasy feeling passes. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice. At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, Check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now, all you need to do is Angie that, and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: Again, trying to keep things chronological here. The next incident I can think of happened in the middle of the day while my girls were visiting. My girls are very young, but I'm not going to disclose their ages. I will say, though, that one of them is young enough to not quite make coherent sentences, but she does love to talk. The older of the two is no longer a toddler, She's a kid, and before I know it, she's going to be a teenager. But my dad, B, and I were outside putting together a swing set for my kids at some point. Which, if you've ever put one together, then you know that it's not as fun as using the swing set, that's for sure. It's actually quite a hassle, and it was taking a lot more time than we had thought that it was going to. Admittedly, I don't recall where my mother or my sister were, but I do recall that they were not there. So we had set the children up at the kitchen table with some kinetic sand and Legos. Figured that that could be some good messy fun for us to clean up after building this swing set. We would work on the swing set and go in to check on the children from time to time. I should note too that the children, they can actually see us from the window when we could see them. The window was even open at this point. But B suddenly described feeling sick to me, like something just wasn't right. So I asked her to check on the children and kept on the swing set. She went in and was immediately struck with an even worse feeling. She asked my oldest daughter where her sister was and she said that she went upstairs with Mormor, my mother. But my mum, she isn't home at this point. And even writing this out just makes me feel nauseous. Probably because my children are involved, right? But B ran upstairs and she described feeling a, a weird sensation. As she describes it, when she was talking to my daughter, she couldn't hear anything else. But as she reached the top of the stairs, she could very clearly hear my younger daughter screaming and crying that she wanted out. She tried the door and it was locked. She ran downstairs to get a butter knife and rushed back up, unlocked it, went inside, and she had to unlock my parents' bathroom door as well. She got her out and held her. She said that she had dried tears on her face, but she couldn't have been gone that long, surely? Well, we were constantly keeping an eye on them through the window, even as we worked on this swing set after that. And B said that she could hear her yelling the whole time all of a sudden after she reached the top of the stairs. All the way back into the kitchen, she could hear her. But the strange thing is, is why couldn't she hear her before? And why hadn't my older daughter hurt her the whole time too? Not to mention that she knows how to lock and unlock doors. So, how did she end up in that situation in the first place? Did she start to panic and couldn't get the door unlocked? I still think about my daughter saying that she went upstairs with Mom. That one really freaks me out. I just feel like something is luring my daughter and the idea of that woman that B saw, man, it just makes me feel sick. Uh, Also, I just thought of a detail that kind of is important for later too. My parents have the master bedroom of course, they have their own bedroom attached and then from the bathroom is how you enter their closet. It's a sort of walk-in closet and it's a very strange setup since it's somewhat of a series of doors and... It's kind of a bit bogus, but hey, it's not my house, and it's theirs. But some time passes, and my brother and his wife visit. Everything goes on normal, and it's a good time. We play some Animal Crossing, and we all hang out. They're getting ready to leave, and somehow spooky stories are brought up, and they were brought up by my brother's wife, I think. Just fun stories, but we start telling them about some of the things that we've experienced in this house, and... They exchanged glances in an almost cartoon fashion. My brother's wife then asked us to go outside. I was puzzled, but we went outside. She then elaborated that she was afraid that somebody was in our house and that she didn't want them to hear us, like a squatter in our attic or something. They began sharing stories of how bothered they had been in the past at this house, too. These were all before we had moved in, of course. Some of which I don't recall at all, and at the time I couldn't relate to them. Some others though, were definitely similar to our experiences in that same closet. And the same rooms would have their lights on with the doors closed and stuff, and some doors would open or close when they weren't looking, and three of the stories stood out to be, and so I'll briefly share those now too. So the first one was my brother was playing the new Star Wars game on his PS4 downstairs, his wife was upstairs, he had seen someone in the corner of his eye walk down the stairs and go to the bathroom and close the door. They had turned the light on as well, but after they had closed the door, he had assumed that it was his wife. But his wife was still upstairs, and when he had realized that, he went to open the bathroom door and nobody was in it. This is bothersome too, because It's the same bathroom where B had heard my voice when I wasn't there and where something had turned the handle and closed the door when B and I were trying to open the door that time. The second one was when they were feeding the animals while the rest of the family was out of town. Again, we didn't live there yet, but my parents and my sister were out of town and they were feeding both dogs and both cats all weekend long too. When randomly, in the middle of the week, they could no longer find one of the cats. They had searched all over the house, too, and finally they had gone upstairs and checked my parents' room. They had run out of options, but they hadn't checked it previously because they had no reason over the whole weekend to go into my parents' room. The cat was not in my parents' room, nor was it in the bathroom, but it was in that creepy closet. Now, do you remember that setup that I mentioned earlier? I mean, how does a cat go through three doors and get stuck in the closet when nobody's home? This situation bothered me because, well, frankly, it reminded me of what happened with my younger daughter and it really upset me. It's probably also a good time to note that we constantly find the cats in the closets. Sometimes we don't even let them out. For example, when everyone is in the house and sleeping, but her and I, we play games all night. We would go to the middle level to get her food, and we would hear sort of a door click open, look upstairs and see the male cat walk out of the towel closet very nonchalantly. This has happened three different times too, but nobody let them out. The door just opens by itself, and he walks out. The third story from my brother and his wife... And this one is kind of simple, but they were house-sitting again, as they often did for my parents. My brother was staying up playing some games on his laptop, and he had went outside to have a smoke. He was sitting on the bench outside, and this bench is right outside of the kitchen. Towards the back of the house, too, he had been there for some time, and the light from the kitchen window was shining across the ground. And he said that a woman had walked into the window, and she was standing there in that window... He said that it scared him because he knew that it wasn't my wife. Like the silhouette didn't look like hers and he knew that she was asleep. When he finally mustered up the courage to stand up and take a look in the window, there was nobody there. The shadow was gone and when he had went back inside, he had confirmed that his wife had been sleeping the whole time. The reason this story bothers me as well is because that window it's the window where my daughter was staring in the middle of the dark of the kitchen that night one experience my sister was a part of was when i was on my way to work i got a text from b she was still in bed but all it said was something is in the room and a follow-up message about things getting knocked over and she's too scared to get out of bed it's like 5:30 in the morning and still dark I knew my sister would get up that early because, well, she's unhealthy, much like us, so I called her and asked her to go check on B. She went downstairs and turned the light on, and when she did, she saw that my fan was knocked over and that all the stuff on my dresser was knocked over as well. This is all on the opposite side of the room where B is in the bed, but they eventually fixed everything and kept the lights on until the sun came up. There are only two more stories before we get caught up at the present moment. Both of these stories are the most recent, and they've both happened in the past 30 days. But they both really concerned me because they both tie all of the events together, but also make them all much harder to understand. As I said before, I travel for work. Especially right now as the area of Indiana that I'm in is considered a red zone for COVID. So all the local work was pretty much shut down. But about a month ago we were on our way to a job in Georgia. And there's not really that much setup for what happened because well it just happened very suddenly. We'd been driving for many hours already but we weren't overly tired or anything. We always stop for naps in the car or something like that if we think that we're getting too tired on a long road trip. We'd been driving on the highway for most of the trip but as we were getting close to the destination the GPS had taken us off onto some sort of local roads for the rest of the trip. Which we found odd because I didn't think Albany was that off the beaten path. We had gotten onto a decent stretch of road though in the backwoods of Georgia on our way to Albany but we still had a ways to go. we both had started to feel a little off about the road that we were on. Nothing too specific, but just that feeling that creeps up on you, you know? Realizing that I could always turn on my brights since I'm no longer on the highway, and maybe it would help us feel a little better to be able to see more of what's around us, I decided that that's what I would do. But no sooner than I had turned on my lights, I could see something on the side of the road. It was coming out of the woods and towards the road, I couldn't make out what it was and then we were passing it, as we had gotten closer though and I was able to distinguish it more, I can only describe it as grey, even for my eyes being somewhat colorblind. human sized sort of fleshy shaking thing, not shaking like a bag blowing in the wind or fabric caught on trees, besides I clearly watched it come from inside the woods and it was shaking like it was having a convulsion you ever seen the silent hill movie remember that thing on the road that attacks the cop lady like a person gift wrapped in their own skin it was like that but less person and more shaky same color though i instantly asked her if she had seen what i just saw and she was thoroughly freaked out and described exactly what i had just seen she said that it looked like the same fleshy material that the nose guy always was now, this part is strange to me though because it's a bit of a departure, I guess, from everything else that we've experienced. It seems entirely unrelated to everything else, besides her relation to the nose guy, I suppose, but it's important to me because it's the first unexplainable thing that I've ever seen for myself. Every story until this point has happened around me. I've felt things for sure. Everyone's stories kept matching up and I did feel something close the door that time but this was the first thing that I'd actually seen with my own eyes. But me being the stupid person that I am, I needed closure so I actually turned the car around to go and check out what it was. When we did. There was nothing there. No semi-truck tarp caught on a tree. No amalgamation of small garbage bags creating a sort of larger, scarier garbage bag and no spooky Silent Hill monster either. I was a bit shaken though, but... <sighs> On to the last one and the most recent story. So, I'm currently in Pasco, Washington, another job. And it was, altogether together with naps and food stops, over a two day drive. We made the usual rest stops off the toll road at those designated rest areas. Everything was totally normal, but at one of the rest areas, we had split and went into our own respective restrooms. Myself to the men's and her to the ladies' room. I had gotten out before and was checking out the snack machines, which, Wisconsin, why do you have cheese curds and pickles in your snack machines? Anyway, when she came out, I had taken note that she came out of the ladies' room on the opposite side of the rest area. I didn't think too much of it, but I did notice it. But she seemed sort of off, and we kept moving on. Thinking back, I should have asked her if she was alright. Rest areas can be shady after all. So we drove another day, and we were about six hours away from our destination. I remember looking at the woods next to us and remembering the thing that we had seen in Georgia, and... I just got thinking about everything, and I asked her if it was relieving that I had seen it as well. My logic here is that she always questioned herself and the things that she sees, since she's the only one that had seen them, and I think that's kind of natural, right? She said that it was relieving in some sense that I had seen it, but it also terrified her because, well, it makes her wonder if everything else is in her head or if they're all real. She said that if they are all real, then she doesn't want to be alive anymore. Which, I know, it's super heavy, right? But I really don't blame her. I mean, if she's seen things like what I had her whole life, then I don't know if I'd want to continue either. Anyway, I got thinking about everything again and asked her out of nowhere if she thought that the woman that she saw was what lured my daughter upstairs. And she just started panicking. I mean, scared for her life. She started crying and telling me, no, 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 don't talk about her. She was so afraid. She started looking in the back of the car to make sure she wasn't in the car. This idea and her panic really terrified me too, of course. And she told me through her tears that the previous day at that rest area when she had went into the first woman's room, that when she went around the corner and looked in, that she was in there. And apparently, she slowly lifted her head above the wall of the stall and looked right at her. I assume with that same smile that she told me about before, but I can't say for certain. I mean, I didn't want to ask her. I just tried to calm her down at this point. She didn't want to talk about her or bring her up. She thought that even the fact that I had thought about her and mentioned her wasn't a coincidence. I reassured her, though, that it was, but it made me question it as well. I mean, we hadn't spoken about it in so long that it was very coincidental. The reason though that it terrified her so much was because this is the second time that she'd seen her. Only Tubman and Noseguy have ever been repeating. But now, she is too. The idea that something like that could follow us out of state, man, it really scared me more than anything as well. And unfortunately... That's all I've really got at this point. I've spent pretty much all day just typing this out and trying to make it coherent for you guys too. I don't know if anyone is really going to get through all of this, but I'm just kind of desperate to be honest. I need to know if anyone has had similar experiences, if anyone knows anything about this, if we need a a medium or if we need a a psychiatric help. I, I don't know what to do. There are so many little details and bits and pieces that I've probably missed, maybe even important ones, but I've done the best that I could to try and explain everything I found important. I hope I haven't forgotten anything too big, but if you've gotten this far, then thanks for listening. Also, a bit unrelated, but if anyone is concerned about how much we travel during these times, let me reassure you that we very much keep to ourselves. We distance from everyone at stops, keep to ourselves at home, and my work is on oil tanks. The only people that I run into are on my crew. I can't provide evidence of any of the things that we've seen. Only pictures of, like, animals, the house, points on the map, I guess. Pictures of the places that we've been, I suppose. Basically, I can back up every detail of my life. Except for the paranormal part, obviously. But I guess if it really was that easy, then everyone would believe, though, wouldn't they? Anyway, thanks for your time, and please do help me if you can. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode, too.